Welcome to episode seven of Eat This, Not That, the podcast that helps you make the best food choice every time. I'm John Hammond. In this episode, I'm very lucky to be joined by two very special guests, Eat This, Not That editors, Christina Steele and Olivia Tarantino. Welcome, ladies. Hi, John. Thanks for having us. Hello. Great. Glad you guys could be here. And before we get started, very happy also to let everybody know that the Eat This, Not That podcast is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill. Bob's Red Mill is an employee-owned company that has been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone-ground products for decades. With Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality, you're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. Visit bobsredmill.com today. Bob's Red Mill, good food for all. Now, here's why I'm so excited to welcome Christina and Olivia, finally, as they are literally sitting in the cockpit of the Eat This, Not That machine. They're not only scanning all of the latest health information and news and studies that are coming in over the wires, but they also take a look at and taste all the great food that comes through our mailroom. And that's a lot of food and that's a lot of tasting, but it's not just the tasting. They're breaking down and looking at the ingredients lists, the nutritionals, and really kind of diving into what makes these foods and eat this or not that which is why they are the perfect guide to help us on this supermarket survival episode. They are indeed masters of their craft. And speaking of masters, imagine learning cooking from Gordon Ramsay, photography from Annie Leibovitz, or basketball from Steph Curry. Well, now you can with Masterclass. Masterclass produces online classes taught by the best in the world. Each class is shot with cinematic production quality and offers on-demand lessons loaded with exclusive content you'll only find on Masterclass. Choose from classes taught by over 30 masters, including cooking techniques from Chef Thomas Keller, screenwriting from Aaron Sorkin, filmmaking from Martin Scorsese, and much more. Whether you're pursuing your passion, developing your career, or just looking to learn something new, Masterclass gives you access to the best at their craft so that you can master yours. Interested in more than one class? Check out the All Access Pass. With the new All Access Pass, you can unlock every class from over 30 masters, all for the price of two. Eat This Not That listeners can get the All Access Pass at masterclass.com slash eat. That's E-A-T. Learn more from the best in the world at masterclass.com slash eat. That's masterclass.com slash eat. Now, speaking of eating... In order to eat, you've got to stock up your shopping cart and your pantry and your, your kitchen shelves. And for that, you got to get to the supermarket. But the supermarket has become one of the most confusing challenges of my week personally. That's why I've enlisted Christina and Olivia here. Every year, 10,000 new products hit store shelves. And that's on top of the 38,000 items that are already in there. So picture me staring confused for five minutes, probably longer, in something like the snack bar aisle, because that's what happens. Almost every Saturday when I hit my local Whole Foods, I don't, I'm just overwhelmed by the, the choice. It's, it's too much. What are you supposed to do? Like, how do you avoid the confusion? And why are there, is there almost an entire aisle of snack food bars? Well, I think, you know, the general rule of thumb has always been to stay on the outside of the grocery store because that stuff's pretty easy, right? It's your produce, right. your meat, your dairy, all that stuff. It's when you get in the inner aisles that things get a little confusing. And I think a big, you know, in addition to snack bars, I think a big point of confusion for people are a lot of the grains, like the breads, mm -hmm. that, for example, really confusing cereals. There's ton, there's a million different cereals. And now, you know, food companies have been a lot smarter in terms of how they market their products. So they'll say, you know, made with whole grains or whole grain, or they'll say gluten-free or low sugar. And it's really important to read the actual labels of the package and not just go off of what's on the front of the label. What, you know, what's the big splashy typeface on the front of the package. Bread, for example, you know, a bread could say, 
whole grain bread or wheat bread, but that doesn't mean it's 100% whole grain. You need to, you know, make sure it's 100% whole grains or 100% wheat. A lot of times they'll mix regular, you know, unbleached flour with wheat flour. So it's really important to read your actual labels and kind of just look beyond what the marketing typeface is. It's like clickbait for food packaging. Exactly. It's the original clickbait. Definitely. Yeah. I think another thing is it's really beneficial to be short when you're in grocery stores because you can look down at the lower levels, right? Because a lot of the bigger brands put their unhealthy foods right at eye level. So it's hard to find the healthier foods unless you're really looking down low or up high. So the bottom third, bottom bottom half, what are we talking here as far as a height restriction as far as where you should be looking? You know, it depends on which grocery store you're at, but definitely the lower items, just the lower two levels. And then you kind of want to avoid the end caps of aisles also, mm-hmm. right? So when you go from aisle to aisle, there's always that stack right at the end. Those are usually where big brands can put their snacks and they're usually loaded with a bunch of sugars and refined flours that you want to avoid. So basically when I bring my boys to the store with me to push the cart and just get them out of the house to give my wife a, a, an hour alone, I should actually put them to work. I should only, like my rule of thumb should be I could I sh- can only buy things that they can reach on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if yeah. you notice where like the pastas are and the rice, like the minute rice will be at mm-hmm. eye level, but the big bags of like the long grain brown rice will usually be at the very bottom of the shelf. So Right, so like the bulk packaging, mm-hmm. which is a great question because one of the biggest concerns that, that I've heard a lot um, that I hear from my friends is that, you know, eating healthy or buying healthier foods is too expensive. It's, it's more expensive than, you know, just getting the regular stuff. You know, how true is that? I mean, there's no denying that healthier options and healthier food is a little bit pricier. I mean, ramen noodles are like 10 cents a package. Like there's no denying that some packaged food is really cheap on the wallet, but you can still make healthy, smart choices at a fraction of the cost of what you could potentially be spending other places. I mean, we always advocate people buy, like you were saying, in bulk instead of buying the individual packets of um, oatmeal, like the instant packets of oatmeal, get the big tub of oats, you know, instead of buying, like I was saying, the boxes of minute rice, get the big bags of rice. I mean, things like, you know, beans are great in cans, chickpeas, black beans, all that stuff's less than a dollar a can. And, you know, in terms of produce, you know, you don't have to buy all organic produce. You can stick to the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, the list put together by the Environmental Working Group to really, you know, maximize how you're going to use your grocery store dollars. So it is possible. I mean, like I said, you know, it is tougher, but it's also, are you going to pay now or pay later um, with unhealthy options too? My favorite thing too with produce is getting frozen fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. Frozen Mm -hmm. fruits are great when you want to make smoothies. And then veggies... Not all veggies are in season all the time, contrary to what you might think based on your produce section. But the frozen veggies are always going to be flash frozen. So they're usually higher in nutrients than a lot of the veggies and fruits that you'll actually get in the grocery store. And they're cheaper. Yeah. And the great thing about that is I've actually started my... Again, to my wife's frustration, probably, is I've been stocking up on a lot more frozen foods. Mm-hmm. She's she, you know, like, I, I just, from the last trip, she's like, I don't have any more room in the freezer. Like, why are you buying frozen corn? Like, just get a can of corn. It goes on the pantry shelf. I can fit that. So I need a bigger freezer, apparently. But it, it's nice because the frozen foods are easy to throw in sauces. They're easy to throw in stews and chilies and stuff like that. So it's simple as well as cost effective. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think people have the misconception that frozen fruit, especially is frozen with added sugars or mm-hmm. some kind of syrup or something. And it's not. It's just, you know, regular fruits that have just been frozen. So that stuff's great. Yeah, like Olivia was saying, for smoothies, for stir fries, um, frozen. And you can always find really great, especially a lot of stores have their own store brand frozen fruits and vegetables. So, you know, there are the big companies that people are aware of, like Bird's Eye and those brands, which are great. But you can also tend to find, you know, store brand frozen fruits and vegetables, which are another cheaper option. Right. It's not, it's not like the, um, is there a difference, you know, you mentioned the clean 15 or the dirty dozen when it comes to buying organic produce, does the same apply for frozen or does like the act of, of freezing it, does that kind of negate the need to buy organic or not organic? The same is still true for frozen, um, because they're still frozen as they are. So they still might have those pesticides on them. Right. But again, it's all about how you want to spend your grocery store dollars. You know, you don't necessarily always have to buy organic if that's not an option, but just if you want to make you know, other decisions and want to buy more organic, those are the lists you want to stick to. Great. And one of the things that that I feel has been, you know, has led to this proliferation of products in, in every aisle conceivable is everything's a superfood, right? Like I feel like every week we get a new headline. This is the new superfood. Forget quinoa, forget kale. Like everything is packed with ancient grains and everything else. Like, what are they? Like, what what are we really looking for here? So superfood is definitely a buzzy term that's really popped up over the last few years. Unfortunately, there's no real scientific or medical definition for it. It's sort of just a buzzword. Um, it tends to mean nutrient-dense foods that are packed with antioxidants. So that's what people tend to, you know, point to when they say superfood. So that's why things like kale, you know, blueberries, uh, lots of fruits and vegetables, like you're saying, those ancient grains pop up as superfoods, but there's really no set definition of it, which is why you see it go crazy on supermarket shelves. A lot of, you know, power bars and cereals and stuff that are made with these ancient grains will say made with superfoods because they include these ingredients, but that doesn't, I mean, that's not a regulated term. So pretty much anyone could say that they have a food made with a superfood and there's no way to really dispute that. So the bar has like two chia seeds? Exactly. So that counts. (laughs) That counts then. That's the thing, too, is you might see superfood at the front of your package, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't flip your package over and just assume that it's healthy, right? Like, you should always be looking at the nutrition facts and the ingredient list and making sure that those superfoods are really in there, that they're not pulverized powders, which a lot of brands do. Um, And you really want to see those healthy ingredients and not be misled by the buzzwords like superfood. Right. And I think that's key, too. And and we talked about, you know, the clickbait kind of nature of of the headlines of of what appears on the on the foods that are on the end caps. And maybe they're getting a little more marketing exposure, marketing dollars thrown at them. So, you know, I flip that package over. I'm looking at the nutrition. I'm looking for protein. Obviously, I'm looking to avoid added sugars. When I look at an ingredient list, what are some of the things that I really don't want to see? High fructose corn syrup is a big one. I know that that's everyone knows to stay away from high fructose corn syrup. Sugar, I mean, the ingredients are listed by what's most prominent in the food. So if you see sugar in the first, ideally not within the first five, but definitely not within the first three ingredients, and that means that there's a lot of added sugars in there. So that's something to really watch out for. Not the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it's also tricky, too, because a lot of brands know that consumers are becoming aware that the first ingredient is what you're looking out for. So they'll end up splitting up their added sugar into five different added sugar ingredients. And that way it's not listed as the first one. So that's why you also always want to read the total sugars line on your label and not just look at the ingredients. Olivia, can you say some of the other words for sugar that aren't just like sugar or high fructose corn syrup or corn syrup? I know that there's, you know, dozens of terms for sugar. Yeah, there's glucose, sucrose, fructose, maltose. 
a lot of the words ending in os means sugar. The worst one is evaporated dried cane syrup. What about something like, <laughs> like brown rice syrup is something that you see, like I'll see it on like sometimes energy bars, right? Sounds like brown rice. Brown rice is good. Like how could brown right. rice syrup be bad? Is that, is that a sugar or is that just brown rice syrup? Nope, that's also a sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Got me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of superfoods, mine is rolled oats. I eat it every day. It's how I start my day. Whether it's hot outside or cold outside, I start with a hot bowl of oats. And mine happens to come from Bob's Red Mill. No joke. It's my favorite. It has been. And I just like the nature of the company and everything about them. Because Bob's Red Mill makes it possible to eat healthy and cook delicious food, the employee-owned company has been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone-ground products for decades. Every product is of the highest quality and is minimally processed from their stone mill in Oregon to your table. For anyone with a gluten allergy or celiac disease, all Bob's Red Mill's gluten-free products are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility. What does that mean? That ensures that no cross-contamination of the food can happen, so you can feel safe and confident with your food sensitivities. For those of you who are catering to a paleo, gluten-free, or vegan diet, or for those who want the highest quality flours, grains, and meals, period... Bob's Red Mill is your go-to. With Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality, you're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. So what are you waiting for? Visit bobsredmill.com today. Okay, so I have a very clear strategy when I go to the supermarket. Natalie, my wife, writes me a very detailed list, and I follow it to a T, usually. What's your go-to strategy? So I do the same. I make a list on my phone. Um, I have to list things out. Otherwise, I am tempted to make those impulse purchases. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much I know better intellectually what's better for me or not. If I don't have a list and I show up to the grocery store hungry, I'm more likely to just grab whatever's on the shelf. So I make a list on my phone. I tend to stick to the perimeters, you know, stick to the produce and then the meat and the dairy. And then I only venture on the inner aisles if I know exactly what I'm looking for. So we are fortunate at the office. Like we do get a lot of new products in. We, mm-hmm. we research all the new products that are available. So I tend to have an idea of what I want before I go. And I think that's smart just to kind of research what you're looking for so you're not tempted by those buzzwords on the packaging or by some of the false misleading um, foods that could be available. Right. You wouldn't just show up to a, like a, an auto lot and say, well, I like blue. Give me a blue car. Like you would do some research, right? You research something like a television or a car. You should research the food that you're actually putting in your body. Right, exactly. And even if you did read about something online or you maybe saw it on social media and it sounded interesting, like Olivia said, you know, flip over the package and read the Mm -hmm. ingredients list. That is probably the biggest piece of advice we can give to people is if you're buying something packaged to definitely read the ingredients list. Olivia, are you you a list person or do you just wing it? So I'm definitely a list person. I go to the grocery store like once a day. It's absolutely terrible (laughs) because... (laughs) I like cooking a lot, so everything I'm getting fresh, mm-hmm. but I will admit that I'm a salesaholic. So if I see a sale for a pantry item that I love to keep, I will buy five of them. And that's how I ended up with five marinara sauce jars in my pantry last week. They were $5 off. It was crazy. Just waiting for that pasta party. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm a paper list. I like to be able to cross things off. I just feel like the digital list just doesn't do it for me. I'm going to drop my phone. Something's going to go wrong. I'm going to get a text and, and I'm going to lose my, lose my train of thought. And that's, that wouldn't be good. Okay. Now I mentioned the influx of products that hit shelves at the top. And coming up, we're going to get into what our favorite new items and categories are and what the things we think deserve a spot in your shopping cart should be. But first... We all live busy lives, and unfortunately, there's not enough hours in the day to get everything done, which is why I'm a big fan of Freshly. It is the easiest and most convenient way to eat healthy, no matter what life throws your way. 
Freshly's team of chefs create all-natural, gluten-free dinners and deliver them fresh to your door. So even if you get stuck at work late, you can still come home to a delicious dinner cooked by a chef. And the best part? There's no mess to clean up. That's a big bonus. I like the buffalo chicken. It's just spicy enough. The chicken parm is really solid, too. You can actually customize your weekly meals from a constantly changing, rotating menu of more than 30 chef-crafted options. There's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. And every single meal comes with a detailed and easy-to-read overview of every ingredient featured in the meal. Check out this week's menu created by Freshly Chefs and get $25 off your first order of six chef-cooked dinners plus free shipping by going to Freshly.com and entering the promo code EATTHIS at the checkout. You'll feel so relieved to come home to a chef-cooked meal every night with Freshly. That's Freshly.com. And when you reach the checkout portion, enter promo code EATTHIS for $25 off your first order. Now, one of the good things about being in the Eat This Not That HQ is also one of the bad things. There's no lack of access for food. We talked about all the food that flows through our mailroom and, and sits on our, our shelves in the office. Our office is literally overflowing with a steady stream of the newest products that are hitting the shelves. So what are some of your favorite foods that come through the mailroom that you would recommend? It's definitely a blessing and a curse. There's never a shortage of food in the office, which is great because we get to try a little bit of everything. But right now I'm obsessed with skinny dipped almonds. I'm not even a big sweets person, but I love sweet and salty together. And instead of traditional chocolate covered almonds, which usually have the thick chocolate casing mm -hmm. and they can be you know, up to 12, 15 grams of sugar per serving, these just have a small coating of chocolate, a really thin, I mean, skinny dipped, a really thin coating of chocolate um, and a little dusting of either raspberry or espresso. They're so good. I also love, in terms of salty snacks, I'm a salty snack person. I love Rhythm Superfoods. They have these veggie chips. So they have kale chips that they season with. Um, cool Ranch is my favorite. They have carrot chips that are really great. Um, those are two big brands that I would say definitely keep an eye out for at the grocery store. Christina definitely knows what I'm going to answer. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say. <laughs> I love Spindrift Sparkling Waters. And it's really funny because ever since I was growing up, I've never had soda or sparkling water. I've always just been fine with drinking water. But Spindra Sparkling Water is flavored with just a touch of real fruit juice. So they never climb above three grams of sugar per can, which is crazy because a soda will have upwards of 50 grams of sugar. And they're flavored with real natural fruit juice. And they don't have any of the artificial flavors, no fake sweeteners. They're amazing just to have in your house if you like sipping on something sweet. And then in terms of a salty snack, Saffron Rhodes makes this really amazing lentil and pea protein chip. And it's so yummy. And you guys have to check it out. That's interesting. So my one of my go-tos has become uh, lentil-based pastas, mm -hmm. right? I, because I had stayed away from pasta, like the the refined flour pasta for so long, because you just feel like you got to avoid carbs. And then I started going with the chickpea, like the bonza pastas, which were nice, but a little, little chewy, a little, little chickpea-ish, mm -hmm. if you will. But the lentil pastas aren't, they don't kind of have that legumey kind of taste to them. It tastes more like pasta. The texture certainly is more like pasta. Um, they're not as, as chewy, uh, so the texture works a lot better. And the fact that like my family will eat it now says a lot because they're used to, to regular pasta. So the fact that they'll go with like some of these pulse-based pastas, the lentil pastas, says a lot. And they're packed with protein, right? So you, you, you take the carbs out and you get like... I think some of them have 14 grams of protein per serving, which is which is great because it's just going to keep you fuller longer, unlike a 
refined flour pasta would. Yeah, and you're not kidding. It really keeps you fuller mm-hmm. quicker, too. Yeah, I've noticed every single time I have them, I actually get full, and that never happens with pasta. And we love Modern Table as a big as a brand that does the lentil pastas, and right. they do just the plain lentil pastas. I made some last night. It was so good. Um, yeah, they'll have just regular pastas in a box, and they also have ready-to-serve um, meals, so you'll make like a, a penne or a mac and cheese, and they have you know sort of like your traditional box mac and cheese, except it's with lentil pasta, so it's a little bit better for you, and yeah, it tastes great. Great. And now, so like lentil pasta is not that adventurous uh, for me, maybe not for some others. What are... But there are some really kind of like quirky foods that have hit the market lately. What are what are some of the more adventurous kind of products that, that people are should look out for and maybe are worth trying? So I love meat snacks, which sounds weird because people <laughs> usually think of meat like in terms of jerky. Slim Jim. Slim Jims, right. So the, the sticks are the jerkies, but Epic is a brand that we love and they make meat bars, which sounds, again, kind of weird. But instead of a protein bar that's packed with, you know, um, maybe whey protein or protein powders, it's just you know, plain old meat, animal-based protein. So I love the chicken sriracha. It's just 100 calories, 15 grams of protein just made from chicken and a little bit of spices, and it's so good. And sometimes I'll just have that for breakfast, which sounds weird. But chicken it's, bar. Yeah, chicken sriracha bar for chicken, breakfast. And a green juice. I mean, that's yeah, the breakfast of champions. But it's filling, and yeah, and, you know, now they have venison, lamb, which people might be a little weird to try, you know, feel weird about trying. But, again, they're usually pretty low-calorie, very low-sugar, and um, low-carb, but high in protein. One snack that I just got is the Gimme seaweed thins. And I never thought that seaweed would be a snack that I would fall in love with, but this was it. So there, it's a layer of seaweed and then a layer of sliced almonds and then another layer of seaweed. And if you eat the bag, it's 100 calories and six grams of fiber and six grams of protein. And the surprising ingredient is seaweed which is right. actually an excellent source of iodine, which is a mineral that's essential to produce thyroid hormones, which play a huge role in your metabolism. And seaweed's also really rich in vitamin K, which is a vitamin that assists the transport of calcium, and it can really help your bone health. So try seaweed stack. I'm so glad you said I literally had these in my hand. When I, uh, this, this past weekend when I was at the grocery store and I put them back because I was like, if I bring these home, Natalie's going to take these out of the bag and be like, what are you thinking? Like, what, who's eating the seaweed? Like, you eat this. And I, I would have, of course. But I, I put it back. I thought, like, no, this is this is too crazy. Like, who needs, who needs a no, seaweed you gotta, snack? No, you got to try it. I love the sriracha almond one. Man. The coconut one is a little sweet, but the sriracha almond. Plus, it has six grams of protein and six grams of fiber. That's crazy. All right. List be damned. I'm getting some seaweed snacks this weekend. Um, are there any products out there? So forget the crazy products. Like just how about the best bang for your buck? Like we talked about, you know, people's concerns that eating healthy is too expensive. What's the best bang for your buck nutritionally? I came up with canned beans, Mm -hmm. all kinds of beans. I have at least five in my pantry at all times because they're cheap. Mm -hmm. Again, they have that protein fiber duo, black beans, for example, a half a cup, has seven grams of protein and eight grams of fiber, only 100 calories. And you can just toss it in quesadillas. You can toss it um, in a blender and make a black bean dip. And then same with green peas, like we were talking about earlier. I always have a bag of frozen peas in my freezer, and I throw it on pasta dishes, and you get a little bump of protein and some healthy vegetarian protein. So it's great. 
Yeah, and beans are so versatile too. I think that Again, people are a little wary of things that are canned. Like we were talking about with frozen, people might think that they're right. canned with maybe some extra sauces or whatever. And sometimes you have to watch the sodium. Sodium. So, so that's the one right. thing to kind of keep an eye out for. But, you know, if it's lower in sodium, like Olivia said, you can add them to salads, put them on the stovetop, have like a side dish with your main entree for dinner. Um, I love taking chickpeas, draining them and roasting them and making my own kind of chickpea, roasted chickpea snacks. So, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, if you're going to go canned, I definitely recommend black beans, chickpeas, and red beans. And I've even seen, you know, this was actually in in one of Dave's cookbooks, the Zero Belly Cookbook, there was recipes that were for brownies and blondies using black beans and cannelli beans instead of flour. And it sounds crazy, but we made these, uh, we made these brownies and we, and we, we tasted them and they were delicious. Yeah. It's like a, it was like a peanut butter brownie and a, and a, and a blondie. And the base was, was black beans or cannelli beans. It was spectacular. And again, packed with fiber, packed with protein, belly filling. Like you're not going to eat a tray of those brownies. Like you're going to have one and be like, okay, I'm good. Not only are you good with one brownie, you're good for like three hours. Mm-hmm. Another good kind of bang for your buck is all natural peanut butter. I know almond mm-hmm. butters tend to be a little bit more expensive, but if you are fine with legumes and want to have peanut butter, um, we love Smucker's Natural. It's The ingredients are literally just peanuts and salt. And that's what you want to look out for for peanut butters. Make sure the ingredients are just peanuts and salt, none of the sketchy added sugars or added oils. But those you don't usually tend to only be a couple dollars and that'll last you for weeks. Now I'm going to stock up on some seaweed snacks, Olivia. You, you sold me. But help me buy back some time in the snack bar aisle. I can't just stand there paralyzed by the paradox of choice of all these little boxes of bars packed to the shelves. How do I get out of that? Well, snack bars and protein bars are definitely kind of a minefield of added sugars, sketchy chemicals, you know, definitely some artificial sugars. And we touched on added sugars before, but sometimes added sugar sweeteners can have sugar alcohols, which tend to maybe upset your stomach a little bit. So that's always something to keep an eye out for. Just because it's low sugar, zero sugar, there still might be some added artificial sweeteners in there, which is something to maybe watch out for. But we love kind snacks, kind bars. They're, you know, all made with all natural ingredients that you can pronounce. If you look at the back ingredient panel, the first ingredients usually peanuts or almonds. Um, Usually there is a sweetness to it. So they will drizzle it with like chocolate or caramel or something. Um, So there is some added sugar there, but it is just regular sugar. They don't try to hide what kind of sugars are in it. We love the kind protein bars that just came out a couple months ago. They are maybe even just a few weeks ago, but we got a bunch in the office and they have 12 grams of protein. They do have eight grams of sugar, but some other protein bars in the market have, you know, up to 15, 18 grams of sugar, or they'll have zero sugar, but they'll have a ton of sugar alcohol. So they are 250 calories. So it might be something that's better for like a post-workout snack maybe, or uh, maybe even for breakfast. But we, yeah, we love kind protein. I love the toasted caramel nut flavor. It was my favorite. It tastes like caramel corn, but it's obviously a little bit better for you. So Awesome. Yeah, I think a big tip, too, going off what Christina was saying, is when you're reading the ingredient list, you want to look for the first couple ingredients and the last couple ingredients. Your first ingredients should not be real sugar, and then your last ingredients shouldn't be any artificial sweeteners. So that's the game plan there. And um, like Christina was saying, there are some bars on the market that have 21 grams of sugar, like Cliff protein bars, their first ingredient is organic brown rice syrup. Whereas uh, another bar that we really like is Health Warrior, their superfood plant protein bar. Mm -hmm. Their first ingredient is an ancient grain blend, which has chia seeds, oats, and organic quinoa. And that comes with only nine grams of sugar and 11 grams of protein. And what about, I've been stocking up uh, on the NoCal peanut butter chocolate chip bars, the the NoCal bar. 
Yeah, those are great, too. They're all vegetarian sources of protein, right? Pea right. protein. Um, and then the only thing is they're super low in sugar because they have added sugar alcohols, mm-hmm. which could upset some people's stomachs if they're sensitive to them. But they're generally a good alternative sweetener. And it's packed with like, I mean, some of them are packed with like 20 grams of fiber. <laughs> it's a little excessive well. <laughs> for my taste, but not bad. In one sitting, maybe break the bar in half and like break it up over the day. But it, for the most part, we're probably not getting enough fiber throughout the course of a day. So I mean, you maybe don't want to get it all in one shot. Yes, that also might upset your stomach a little <laughs> yeah, bit. <right>. But, <laughs> but yeah, like you were saying, we don't get enough fiber in our diet. So that is a great source of fiber for sure. Great. So there you have it. I just got back five minutes per week, which is a solid 20 minutes per month. By the way, Olivia, Christina, and the team at Eat This, Not That have even more great smart swaps so you can make your weekly supermarket trip better than ever at eatthis.com. We even have a whole channel dedicated to groceries. It should be your go-to aisle-by-aisle reference for every trip. For more great ideas and inspiration, be sure to subscribe. Visit our website, eatthis.com, join us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on Instagram at eatthisnotthat. More importantly, let us know what food choices are on your mind. We'll tackle them here for you so you can be confident that you are making the right choice every time. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for a steady stream of fun, informative, and mind-blowing food knowledge from me, Dave Zanzenko, and a bunch of experts and guests like Olivia and Christina that will help you eat this, not that. 